0: Folks, welcome into Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win over the Dallas Mavericks. Final score: a preposterous ninety-eight to ninety-seven as the Nuggets steal one in Texas. This was fantastic. This was a very, very good win. Nuggets fans should be extremely pleased with the effort that the Nuggets put out there on the court tonight. It wasn't expected for them to win. You had three starters missing. Jeff Green goes down five minutes into the game. There's every reason for the Nuggets to quit, given that they just lost to this team on Friday and with a with the same exact player, same exact supporting cast, and lo and behold, the team comes up big this time around. The defensive effort was much better. Dallas kind of missed some shots. I'm not gonna lie. This was probably one where if you play this game ten times with these exact like with this exact situation, most of the games are probably gonna look like the one on Friday. Most of the games are gonna look like the one where Denver gets absolutely shellacked. But you walk out of Dallas one and one. You do not have to go back there at all again this season unless you go to the playoffs. So to think that Denver, when they don't have Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, to think that they somehow find a way to get a win against a rival playoff team in the Western Conference on the road, it's the best win of the season, no doubt. Michael Porter Jr. deserves a lot of credit for the final shot making that shot with 55 seconds left. I thought he had a much better game overall today. We're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about the rest of the starters. We'll talk about the bench in the second segment, and then I'm going to share, I think, 10 individual stats on each of the individual primary rotation players that the Nuggets have played so far, as we are now 20% of the way through the season. Things go very quickly, very, very quickly here. But let's start with the starters. Let's begin with Jeff Green. Made his only shot. Had a couple of free throws earlier, but made his only shot. Grabbed. A, he, he got the ball in transition, basically. Dunked it through traffic. Had a nice leap. And then when he came down on his right leg, the knee flexed a little bit. I thought it was going to be the hip, but apparently it was the knee. And it flexed a little bit. He was initially jogging back, but then it gave him some issues, and so he sits out, he goes to the locker room, was initially questionable to return with a right knee injury, and as a as it happens, he didn't ever come back into the game so Denver, they have to go without their next starting power forward, they bring in Zeke Naji, he does pretty well. We'll talk about Zeke a little bit more in segment two, but Michael Porter. I was hard on Michael. I I was definitely hard on him given his situation, but I feel also understanding, given his situation, given how what he's been asked to do for this Nuggets team, how without Murray and Port or without Murray and Jokic, you start to realize just how bereft this team can be of truly talented scoring, where you can create by yourself, you can work within the flow of the offense, get your shot off against anybody. But also create the requisite space and the healthy offense to make things work. And I thought that Porter had a really bad game of that on Friday. I thought that he was better tonight. It wasn't perfect. He still went one of five from three, he was one of four from the free throw line. Uh, he had a couple turnovers, including one where he was dribbling full court and then got a poke from behind. That seems to happen to him rather frequently. But within the flow of the offense and the half court in this in this game, had some nice possessions, especially on the left baseline where he's working the Dallas defense, finding an opportunity to get off a clean shot. And I thought he handled those situations pretty well. He doesn't always get the ball in that spot, and sometimes he's just there to space the floor, trying not to get in the way of what others are doing. He wants to make an impact at sometimes,
1: but still doesn't necessarily know how. Uh, without just kind of coming towards the ball and trying to catch the ball.
0: And there were definitely times where he was quiet. There were definitely times where he wasn't as good defensively, but he also finished with two steals and a block. Had a couple of nice defensive plays throughout a game where he wasn't great. Don't get me wrong. Davis Bertans uh, torched him when he was out there, when he was defending Bertans and couldn't necessarily handle the slip, pick, and roll. That was bad. But Porter overall, I thought he took some steps in his own recovery. And I thought he drove to the rim pretty nicely as well. He's not perfect. Never will be. But I thought that he handled himself really well within a tough situation and was a good leader out
1: there for the Nuggets as a score. Next guy we got to mention, DeAndre Jordan. Weirdly enough, we are talking about DeAndre
0: Jordan third on this podcast. And I got to say, 34 minutes tonight for DeAndre, he was a plus four. Whatever you want to say about him, whatever you want to say about how he handles the situation, how he is sometimes a black hole on a team's efficiency, how teams can't operate around him or whatever. He's been doing fine. I'm going to share a number later in this podcast about him. But tonight, 34 minutes, he grabbed 17 rebounds, including two offensive, 15 defensive rebounds. The Mavericks as a whole grabbed six offensive rebounds. So DeAndre Jordan grabbing 15 by himself, he was so key to Denver holding on to and and ultimately winning the game in the fourth quarter. He came back in with about nine, ten minutes left or so. Grabbed a bunch of rebounds and contested rebounds at that, where the Mavericks couldn't really hit a shot. They also couldn't get a lot of offensive rebounds down the stretch, and it was a very, very important thing for Denver to clear all of those possessions, make sure that they got, they gave Dallas no second chance opportunities, and Dallas didn't really have a ton. Uh, I'm sure the numbers will say a little bit differently, but they had. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't I don't have it here, but they only had six offensive rebounds as a team. That's the most important thing. And DeAndre Jordan, I thought, did a reasonable job of walling off the rim, did a reasonable job of uh, contesting shots where he needed to contest them, and finished on offense. Eight points, four or five from the field. He deserves a lot of credit. It's hard to step into Nicole Jokic's shoes. Obviously, Jordan's not going to do that on the offensive end but he did a good job defensively. He did a reasonable job of just taking up space, grabbing rebounds and holding down the fort. Deserves credit for that for sure. Bruce Brown starting again at point guard in place of Murray. 12 points tonight, 5 of 13 from the field, 8 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 steal, 1 block. The key story for Brown tonight was him guarding Luka Doncic for most of the night. He was hounding Doncic, and Doncic was always trying to get him screened off. He was always trying to uh, run, pick, and roll, whether it's just slips, whether it's just uh, trying to get somebody else isolated on him, but he didn't really want to face Brown the entire night. There was a nice possession in, I think it was the third quarter, where Brown stood up Doncic in the post. And did a really nice job of battling with him. Doncic is just big, like he's two hundred and forty pounds or so, and Bruce Brown is only six four and like two hundred. But he battles, man. He really, really does. Very physical player, and that was where he got the block. Was he kind of stonewalled Luca when he tried to turn baseline on him? It was very impressive, and he continues to add a different layer of defense and physicality and aggressiveness to Denver's defense. And that's going to be very, very prevalent as Denver kind of gets healthy as they get back to their normal rotation here at some point soon. They are going to need Bruce Brown. And what he's shown is that not only is he going to do it defensively, which I think everybody expected him to. But 12 points and eight assists is fine. Only two turnovers. He's been very good as a ball handler and as a creator. Had some nice possessions. Had one where he was going up against JaVale McGee, uh, trying to get to the rim against JaVale when JaVale was defending the pick and roll. Got the switch. Acted like he was going to back it out and then burst right to the rim. Finished over JaVale for a layup. He did miss a couple laps, a couple easy ones, but they were great moves, great quick, lightning quick moves to get to the rim. So if he finishes those next time, his numbers look even better
1: in the future. So I'm very impressed. Bruce Brown handles his business, doesn't make any excuses, clearly a good value
0: add for what the Nuggets needed to do. And then finally, KCP. I thought this was KCP's first really bad game. The numbers weren't like the shooting numbers were bad. Nine points on 11 shots, two of 11, one of five from three, four of four from the line. He did have three assists. He did have four rebounds, had a steal, but he had four turnovers as well. He tried to isolate a couple times and went a little bit outside of his comfort zone in terms of the types of shots that he was supposed to be taking. And I
1: do think that he got a little bit tired, especially as the game wore along. He played 38 minutes in this one.
0: But he got a little bit tired. He definitely struggled at times. And it definitely seems to me like he was one of those guys that wanted to step up on offense, especially, given that Murray was out, Jokic was out, Gordon was out. He wanted to be one of the guys that helped out the team. Only like Bruce Brown could only do so much, so KCP was trying to handle as well. And it didn't really work out tonight. But I don't give him like I don't blame him that much. Like, he'll be fine. He knows what his role is supposed to be, especially when this team is fully healthy and constructed. So he's not gonna go outside of those lines. He's done a great job
1: outside of tonight. So hopefully when Jokic comes back, looks a little bit different. Alright, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the bench, including career-high bones Highland. We'll be right back.
0: Alright, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. want to tell you a little bit about Superbook Sports. They are absolutely excited to get you back into the action betting on their app, which brings Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. Whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's World Cup, you don't have to be in the stadium to enjoy the action. Just visit superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1 800 522 4700. All right, let's talk about this bench lineup. Let's talk about Bones Highland, who after this game is averaging 16.1 points per game on the season. Nicole Jokic is at 20.8. Jamal Murray is at 16.5. Michael Porter is at 16.3. I don't think anybody's really like questioning whether Bones is going to be the second leading scorer on the team. But there is at least a possibility if he continues to prove himself, if he continues to push. Because the way that he played tonight, with as much control as he played the game with, he was great he was exactly what the nuggets needed i know the nuggets were minus 12 in his minutes i know that in 35 minutes the nuggets won the other 13 minutes by plus 13 but bones kept denver in it he was awesome 29 points 10 of 21 from the field 3 of 8 from 3 6 of 6 from the line 6 assists 1 steal 1 block and 1
1: turnover So, what he did basically was carry the team. When he was out there, he was the guy that everything was running through.
0: Nobody else was really handling the ball. Nobody else was really creating. There were some other guys who found some assists. But for the most part, Bones was the guy who created. It was very much like this in the last game where he had, I think, 17 points on 16 shots. And then he was passing, but nobody else was really creating it all. This is how the bench is going to be. This is how they want it to be. They want it to be the Bones show, or at least that's how they've built the roster. So when Jamal Murray comes back and when Michael Porter comes back, maybe they'll stagger. Maybe they'll have those guys to give him a little bit of a breather here or there. But more often than not, Bones is going to lead the bench in shot attempts. He is going to have the ball in his hands all the time.
1: And he's making better and better decisions with the ball, finding new ways to create. Dallas was doubling him tonight. They were trying to put two on the ball as often
0: as they pretty much ever have against a team like Denver. Because let's be honest, you have Jamal Murray, and when he's playing with Nikola Jokic, you're not doubling off of Jokic when he's screening. So Denver's never had to face this against a team like Dallas. They honestly never have to face it much at all. So it was interesting to see Bones getting picked up by two guys, basically, and having to navigate that space, having to navigate the complexities of where different guys are moving to different locations around the floor. And Bones only turned the ball over one time. Now, he wasn't perfect. I thought he took some bad shots here or there. I thought that There were times where the double really affected him, where it cut off off his passing window. He couldn't really get to the spots on the floor where he wanted to go. But more often than not, he avoided those problems. He avoided everything that I think everybody was
1: concerned about. He was a point guard out there. And though he took a bunch of shots, he was handling the ball and trying to score
0: but then made the right read if the right read presented itself so sometimes he does miss an open pass here or there sometimes he does get a little bit shot happy but i would rather him take a definitive
1: shot than be thinking too much about passing or shooting the passes will naturally make themselves available
0: if he continuously scores if he continuously Drives to the rim, tries to find the seams in the defense, steps back for three, and he will continue to find those as the Nuggets continue to look for him. I don't think he's going to finish with 29 points as his career high this year. I think he's going to have another game where he breaks at least 30 and continues to maybe push beyond there. There are a lot of opportunities for him and will continue to be. 16 games into the season. Denver's bench is at its best when Bones pretty much controls everything.
1: So if Bones can stay efficient in that, he's going to make himself a lot of money. Next up, we got to talk about Zeke, I think. Very interesting
0: stuff from Zeke tonight. He played basically half of his minutes at power forward and half of them at center. Only played four minutes in the first half because he picked up two early fouls. And then Denver decided to stagger KCP. And they had the other four bench guys out there, Bones Highland, Christian Brown, Davon Reed, and Flacco Chanchar. So they staggered KCP, trying to keep that bench unit uh, reasonably efficient and effective. And I thought that they did that with that group. But Zeke, he picked up those two early fouls, even though he played some pretty good defense during that stretch. Jeff Green misses the second half, so Zeke starts in his place. And I thought he played a really strong third quarter. Thought he played really well, played the power forward for most of it, in between Michael Porter and DeAndre Jordan, and had some possessions where Luca sought him out. He sought out the switch against Zeke Nagy. Tried to get to his step back. Zeke did a really nice job of defending without fouling. And it was really close as to whether Zeke was going to foul on some of those possessions. And I think Luka could kind of sense that based off of how Zeke had been playing in each of the basically the previous six quarters. So the fact that Zeke was able to defend without fouling, not put himself into a position where he could get called, and contest. Luca stepped back reasonably well. Those shots were misses, and they translated to Denver baskets on the other end, because Denver was able to fast break while Luca
1: was sitting on his butt complaining. Zeke also hit a three during that stretch. And just overall, I thought that he played a very complete game in terms of
0: battling on the glass, in terms of spacing the floor. In terms of switching defensively, finding opportunities to com- to compete, and yet he didn't record a rebound. He had zero steals. He had one assist. He made two baskets, but he kind of contributed in a lot of different ways. It was a plus six in his minutes, and I don't think that was really an accident. Denver found their most success, I think, with that starting group plus Zeke Naji. So that was Bruce Brown, KCP. MPJ, Zeke Naji, and DeAndre
1: Jordan. It's kind of a surprising unit. But Zeke was able to be out there and helped. it. He wasn't a value drag. He was a value add. I do think that he is continuing
0: to improve. I think that he's continuing to get a little bit more confidence here or there. And if he can just stay the course then I think he's going to find himself into the Nuggets rotation at some point. Not sure what Jeff Green's injury situation is going to look like long-term, but let's say everybody's healthy except for Jeff in the next couple of games. I think Zeke will be in there as the backup power forward, which that could be fine. I think that's a reasonable place for him, especially if the MPJ, Zeke, DeAndre Jordan minutes worked as well as they did. So. We'll just have to see how it looks, but I liked what I saw at least in this matchup.
1: Um, Vlacko. we got to talk about Vlacko now. He made, I think, the play of the game. Denver, right at the end of the first half, gave up a open, not an open,
0: a step back contested three, falling out of bounds to Luka Doncic,
1: and it was clearly, um. It was clearly a heartbreaker for Denver
0: because they were about to go fi- they're about to go down fifty nine to fifty two Dallas had really come up with a nice run at the end of that first half, and it was a problem for Denver because it felt like the game was spiraling away. But then that shot gets waved off, and by rule, when Lucas stepped out, it was about two point one seconds, I think. And so the Nuggets ran one final play right before the half. Blacko Chanchar catches the ball right in front of the half court and heaves it. Perfect swish right there. And rather than being down 59 to 52, the Nuggets were down fifty six to fifty five, a six point swing based off of one replay and an incredible half court shot. That was so important. And the fact that Vlacko was in there to take that shot because he wasn't in there before the game, it was interesting that they had just brought him in to take that shot specifically. And then he came back out and everybody was really happy. You could see Michael Malone grinning on the sideline. So Denver, they're in a really good spot because once you go from down seven to down one, it's anybody's
1: game. And so Denver got a really big boost from that. That was pretty cool. Other than that, Vlaco played center in the first half, played backup center in place of DeAndre
0: Jordan, and I thought they did a really nice job. Bones used his screens very effectively. I think that Vlaco got hit with some shit calls. uh, Excuse part of my French, basically. Um, I thought Vlaco got hit with some really bad screening fouls by the ref crew that was here. There was just one guy who kept calling him. For the same thing, basically, when he wasn't really doing much of anything. The rest of the game was so physical, and yet that was the call. That was very odd. But Flacco stays the course, does a really good job screening, finishes the game with seven points, uh, also has four rebounds and two steals, thought he battled against Christian Wood really well. Christian Wood gave Denver buckets the last game, about 28 points. In last in uh, last Friday, today he finishes five on two of three, and the biggest reason for that, I think, was Vlaco Chanchar. Vlaco was, va- was battling with him. He reached around, grabbed a couple steals, uh, deflections, basically forced a couple of tough shots, and they never went back to Christianwood. I was kind of surprised that they never did, but Vlaco did a nice job and deserves a lot of credit in his brief time. Uh, Christian Brown had another couple of great defensive plays tonight. He goes up against Luka Doncic, and Luka sees a rookie across from him and hits a couple step-back threes and whatnot, but I thought that Christian Brown battled pretty well. Definitely not an issue when it comes to throwing Christian Brown on somebody like Luka Doncic. He also had him defending Spencer Dinwiddie, Michael Malone did, and Spencer Dinwiddie finished tonight with uh, 5 of 15 for the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Unlike last game where Dinwiddie was very efficient, this game he wasn't. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., same thing, 0 of 9 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. Did Denver get a little bit lucky in terms of those matchups? Sure. Did they get unlucky when Josh Green? hit uh, eight of nine from the field and six of seven from three? Absolutely. So that's where some of the shooting luck came from. But I do think that Christian Brown continues to find his place, had a nice run out, hit his only three tonight, a cross-court pass uh, to the left corner for three. And he just continues to find ways to fit in. Been really impressed with the way that he's kind of stayed the course here. Not necessarily
1: impacting the game with a bunch of numbers, But he stepped in and played well. And finally, Davon Reed thought he had a better
0: game tonight than he did the last last game. Five points, three assists, two rebounds, one steal, one block. Two of four from the field, one of three from three. Still looks a little bit uncomfortable out there, not going to lie. Like some of the plays that he has, some of the drives that he has, not necessarily the best spacing. Clearly not as comfortable with whatever group the Nuggets were rolling out there. But he was also playing the four in a lot of his minutes. So I don't really blame him that much. In eight, in, yeah, so he had 18 minutes. 14 of the 18, he played back a power forward. So he was just out there trying to help. I give him credit for filling in at that spot. Very tough place for him to be, but I think he handled it reasonably well. Just about as well as anybody could. Overall, really great win for this Nuggets team. They deserve a lot of credit for sure. I do think that we will see some changes once Denver's starters get back in, and we're not going to see the
1: the same group, but that's probably fine. Uh, This group, they did their job, get one win in Dallas. They got the split, and now Denver can rest easy knowing that they don't have to go back to Dallas again, which is pretty cool. All right,
0: let's take a final break. When we come back, we are going to do uh, 10 individual stats for the Nuggets so far, things that I think are definitive in telling the Nuggets story so far. We'll be right back. back final segment pick axe and roll if you enjoy the podcast if you like the program then make sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast on apple podcast spotify google wherever you get your podcasts uh, five stars would be fantastic that definitely helps me out all right let's wrap this up by talking 10 individual stats i know most people come to me for uh the numbers they come to me for uh, like I, I try to be as objective as possible through this and I know I have my own personal biases, but I just try to call it like I see it. So here are 10 stats that I pulled for each of the Nuggets that have been in the rotation so far. So this doesn't really include Zeke Nagy, This doesn't really include Vlatko, uh No Ish Smith. Hopefully, may- maybe those guys get into it at some point. But right now,
1: I think the top 10 guys are uh, as follows. DeAndre Jordan. Right now in over
0: 220 minutes, DeAndre Jordan has a minus 3.9 net rating. Now, I've ha- I've heard a lot of criticisms. I've heard a lot of folks talk about Faku Kampazo in the same way that they talk about um in the, yeah, in the same way that they talk about
1: DeAndre Jordan. I've heard people reference him as a just a complete drag on what the nuggets are doing. Last year, as I pull up the number,
0: Faku Campazo had a net rating of minus 8.6. It wasn't that bad in retrospect. Like one of the bigger issues for him was that Denver didn't have the same margin for error that they do now. Nikola Jokic was very good in net rating at plus 8.4, but he wasn't fantastic. Like plus 8.4 is fine. But if you're a minus 8.6 and you counteract that while you're out there, then it's hard to play you. DeAndre Jordan this year is a minus
1: 3.9. While Nikola Jokic in his minutes is a plus 12.6. So if you break that down by game that means that the average game the nuggets play. Nikola Jokic will
0: probably win his 34 minutes 35 minutes
1: by about 8 points and Deandre Jordan will lose his minutes by about 1 to 2 points. That's fine. There really is nothing wrong with that. That's sort
0: of how benches usually go, especially when you take your best player out and replace him with the backup. That's just how backup numbers generally work. So for DeAndre Jordan at this point to have a negative net rating of just minus 3.9, that's not that bad. That's not really what I'm concerned about with this Nuggets team. Is it going to hold up in the playoffs? I don't know. Is it the worst thing for the regular season? Absolutely not. We've seen what happens with this Nuggets team when you get a minus 8.6 net rating, like what Faku had, that can lose you some games that you're probably supposed to win. With DeAndre Jordan, it has not been like that. I hope Nuggets fans can take out the, or can remove the pitchforks and the torches from the walls and from their, from their hands, because I don't think that DeAndre Jordan has been that much of an issue. I'm sorry. If if you feel differently, then I have a whole host of numbers here that can argue with that. But DeAndre Jordan, for this Nuggets team, has a true shooting percentage of 74.7. He rebounds 25% of all defensive rebounds while he's out there. And though his turnover rate is way too high, A lot of that is going to come down when he gets a little bit more adjusted to this team. So I'm hoping that that minus 3.9 net rating can either stay like that. Maybe it creeps down to like minus two, depending on how Denver's bench looks. So that would be great. Christian Brown. I won't spend as long on each of these. Christian Brown, 38.9% from three. Not a ton of attempts it's not like he's firing them up there ad nauseum, and it's not like he's taking a whole bunch of contested threes. But 38.9% as a rookie, that's great. That is good enough. He's not taking crazy shots. He's not stepping too too far outside the comfort zone, but he's just doing his job. And if his job is standing in the corner or standing on the wing and hitting threes, if you do that at 39% and then play good defense, you're a value add. You do what you're doing and he's been fine. Hard to criticize much of anything Christian Brown has done so far. He's found good ways to succeed. Jeff Green, 31 post-ups in, I believe it's now 16 games. Let me just, so he played five games or five minutes today, but in 16 games, he's had 31 post-ups. It means he's averaging about two per game, one per half. And it's not really a surprise. Like you see the play that Denver runs where they have the ball kind of entered on the and the slot, Bones or whoever's the point guard in that situation runs a pick and roll, kind of a middle pick and roll with uh, with Jeff Green, and then he either slips it or he gets the switch and then posts on the left block and does a really nice job most of the time of creating the shot that he's supposed to create, making it work, and I think he's done pretty reasonable there. It's not the most efficient shot, but him having that in his arsenal I think has helped the bench at various points. Now, what I will say, I think Jeff Green is one of his last 15 from three. I think he's down to about 25% on the season, so it's not like he's perfect. There are definitely things that he could be doing better. And rebounding is chief among those. Like he has a 6.3% rebounding rate. That is horrible. I'm just looking at it right now. Zeke Najee has 5.5%. So it's not like Zeke has been much better. But I do think that Jeff overall, there are some things that I criticize. There's some things I think Denver could probably move past, but he stayed efficient. That's what you really need. Contavious Caldwell Pope, I'm going kind of out of order here. KCP has an 80% EFG percentage on shot attempts that have zero dribbles. 80% is nuts. There is nobody in the world that is doing that right now. That means that for like on twos and kind of the 1.5 times value add to threes, KCP is just Crazy efficient when it comes to shot attempts with no dribbles, where he just catches and fires. Now, when he takes a dribble, just one, that drops to thirty-seven point five EFG, which is horrible. That is a horrible percentage. Two dribbles, thirty-six point four percent. Three to six dribbles, forty-six point seven. So rises up a little bit more when he's a little bit more. Comfortable and can handle the ball. But the play that Denver likes to run, where he, where Murray and Jokic kind of run a pick and roll at the top, and then Murray passes the ball to Jokic, who dribbles the ball over to the left side of the court, kind of right at the elbow extended, so that KCP can get into a pull up jumper, that shot has not worked at all. <laughs> it's just not been good. So, Hopefully, they can find some other things, but when KCP just stands and shoots, he has been laser efficient. Bones Highland. I'm g- I'll give you two here 26.8% field goals on drives compared to 46.2% on pull up threes. That's nuts. Like, that's just an incredible discrepancy. He's been bad. When it comes to finishing around the rim, when it comes to finishing in the paint, I think you can see that throughout these games where Bones can kind of struggle for sure when it comes to dealing with the pressure when somebody is really getting up into his business. He has to create a shot. Let's say it's late in the shot clock, gets into the paint, tries to do his best, but doesn't quite get all the way there. Those are the shots that have basically no chance. And then you turn around and he has a 46% pull-up catch and ch- or pull up three, which that can happen from anywhere. It can happen from 25 feet, 28 feet, or 32 feet. Doesn't matter. He can pull up from anywhere, and that is such a weapon to have with that second unit. It kind of bails Denver out at various points, but Bones definitely deserves credit for that. Just as he deserves some constructive criticism on the drives to the rim, he'll get better there as he gets... Uh, Older in the league, he'll get stronger. He'll finish those shots at a higher clip. And that number will continuously go up. Bruce Brown, 4.5 assists per game, which ranks second on the team. Jamal Murray is right behind him at like 4.46. But Bruce Brown is there. Over the course of these past few games, he's played more point guard. And he stepped up really well. He's been a guy that Denver has needed for sure. And where Bones can sometimes get a little bit of tunnel vision, Bruce Brown makes a lot of good passes. Like He's not quite a point guard in terms of being able to play the traditional point guard position and what it entails, but he can rack up the assists too. Eight assists tonight. Uh, He has consistent games where when he's given the ball, he's given the opportunity to create for others. He certainly can. He's probably not the most efficient with the ball in his hands, but he can sure pass
1: the ball and finds good opportunities to get guys involved. Four more here. Jamal Murray, 1.04 points per possession on isolation so far this year.
0: 1.04 isn't a crazy number, but it's the highest number on the Nuggets. He has, I think he's in the... 67th percentile, if I'm not mistaken.
1: And that's good. Like, that's a good number. He's not great when it comes to DHOs. He's fine when
0: it comes to pick and rolls. Isolations, he's actually been at his best. He has been creating good shots. Most of them are of the follow variety, but with Murray, he hits those at such a high clip, it doesn't really matter. But 1.04 points per possession is a good number. And if you can consistently get to that, then that is a tenable number for any bench unit. So there will be times where he will stagger with bones. Maybe Bruce Brown comes in for him and then Bruce Brown rests and Jamal plays with bones on the second unit. And those guys can kind of have a back and forth where Jamal can kind of isolate at times and bones can create. There will be opportunities for both of them for sure. But Jamal, not quite back, clearly still has some work to do, but it's not that bad that he got onto health and safety protocols because Denver had been going a while without a back to back, and Murray had been playing some heavy minutes. Like, not quite to the level where he previously was, but he'd gotten up to about 34, like in between 30 and 34 minutes a night for the last two weeks. So. Getting some built-in rest is good. He will get to rest his body a little bit, recover a little
1: bit. He'll miss a couple games on these back-to-backs here or there, but overall, I'm not really concerned with him. Michael
0: Porter. 20% of Michael Porter's threes are considered
1: tightly contested. That is the highest percentage for starters in the NBA.
0: There are some guys that have taken more total, but in terms of actually tightly
1: contested threes, those are like it's crazy that Porter is shooting what he's shooting when he takes such tough shots.
0: He's also shooting the exact same number of attempts and the same percentage as Kevin Durant, which is about 39% on threes. He's like 14 of 36. So that's not a bad number. That is, not a, that is not a bad number at all. To be able to hit those with relative consistency certainly helps. It spaces the floor out so much more, where guys know that even when they're tightly contested, a guy can still knock the shot down. So they have to get even tighter. And so eventually, when Michael Porter's handle improves, he will be able to take advantage of that gravity that he. Consistently takes up, and he'll be able to put the ball on the floor more consistently. That is going to ultimately help, but it's clear that he has got his confidence shooting back. Uh, the recent kind of mini slump notwithstanding. Aaron Gordon. This one was a little bit more tough because Aaron's numbers are very, very similar to last year. So I wanted to find something where maybe it was a little bit different.
1: This year, Aaron Gordon's averaging 8.8 points per game in the paint alone. He's averaging 14.5 as a whole. So that's 60.7%
0: coming from the paint. That doesn't include free throws. That doesn't include,
1: uh, obviously, any shots outside the paint. It is purely shots in the paint. now. Or last year, he was averaging 8.2 points per game. The paint was
0: a little bit more congested last year. You had Jeff Green out there as opposed to Michael Porter. But Gordon also averaged 15 points per game. So his overall number of shots that he's getting and then creating and generating and converting that's the word I was looking for the number of shots that he's converting in the paint is relatively higher than before. And you want to see him continue to push that higher because as he continues to benefit from the gravity that Jokic has, that Murray has, that Porter has, KCP has, if he continues to be physical, creating opportunities for himself, finishing over the top of same-sized or smaller-sized players consistently, that is how Denver's offense goes from great to unstoppable. It's not just when Gordon's hitting his threes. It's when Gordon is like, just dominating his matchup in the paint. Because Denver can ultimately put him in the dunker spot, or they could put him at the corner. But when he can also get just like
1: 12 to 15 points with little to no effort from anybody else, that helps. Helps everything out. And then last one here, we'll finish up with the big fella, Nikola Jokic.
0: Joker has a 122.5 offensive rating. So far this year, that leads all qualified NBA starters. What I used for that was uh, at least 10 games played and at least 20 minutes per game. So 122.5 leads all NBA starters. When Jokic is on the court, the Nuggets have been spectacular offensively. They've created open shots. They've converted the tough ones. They've created new ways to get good shots for themselves. And sometimes when all else fails, they go to the Murray-Jokic two-man game, and both of those guys can convert that at a high level as well. Denver knows how to score. They know what to do. And when Jokic is out there, Everything just becomes so easy. So he deserves a lot of credit for that. In terms of net rating, he is not quite at the top, but he's pretty close in terms of starters and uh, overall net rating. So the defense hasn't been like elite, but it's been fine. It's been good. And what that means to me is that Denver's finally starting to round into form. When he comes back, as long as they haven't lost all of their momentum together, I expect Denver to go on a run. I expect
1: them when they get more folks at home, when they get everybody healthy and in a rhythm, Denver's going to start really
0: rolling here. And to be 20% of the way through the season, you're 10 and 6. Things have not gone perfectly for you. Murray started the season slow. The defense has been super up and down, and then you had these last three games where Jokic has missed, Gordon has missed,
1: and Murray's missed the last two. Things have not gone perfectly, but they're fine, and it's still so early in the season that the fact that Denver has double-digit wins here
0: is great. You can't really control anything else, so why try? Denver's fourth in, in the West right now. Or they're tied for second, actually, at 10-6. and six. Utah is 12-6. Denver's shown that they could already beat Utah. I'm sure that they can beat Portland. Sacramento's currently in fifth. So the schedule and the standings are still very weird. Things are going a little bit crazy. But I still believe in the Nuggets. I still believe in their ability to find the new gear That they're going to need to. They have the formula, they have the pieces. It's just about putting it all together and doing it relatively soon because once they do, they're going to really start to roll and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the program. I'll be back tomorrow, probably do another update podcast. Uh, We will just have to see what the rest of the schedule looks like. I know that Denver's got games on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. So we've got plenty to talk about for sure. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.